Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. I'm Brian and we're back with another episode of Stream Close Up the podcast where we speak to the creative forces responsible for the shows that you are streaming. Joining us today in I Like Radio's studio number 12, actress Catherine Walker. Catherine joins us to talk about her latest project, Rig 45, but of course, we will take the time to trace her journey. In her case, it started at the National Theatre School of Ireland, also known as the Gaiety, and then made its way to the Royal Shakespeare Company. We'll explore her transition from the stage to the screen. So settle in and join us in getting to know Catherine. First, as always, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter, where we are at Stream Closeup. We post clips and images related to our guests and the things that we discuss there. It's a nice companion or sort of second screen to what we're doing here. So if you're enjoying the podcast, check it out. Follow us on Twitter at Stream Closeup. And if you want to reach out, you can always mail us. We are streamcloseup at gmail.com. That's streamcloseup at gmail.com. Okay, enough of all this. Uh, a quick note. When we recorded this interview, it was just prior to the launch of Rig 45. Uh, at that time, I'd seen the first two episodes. Uh, now that the show is rolling, I'm hooked. And I have to take a moment to compliment Catherine on not spoiling any of the story plots during our chat. If I knew what she did, I would have had a lot of trouble containing myself. I'll say no more on that, but if you're not watching, I would recommend that you give Rig 45 a look. Okay, let's get to it. In for her stream close-up, Catherine Walker. Hit it, Jose. Welcome to the show, Catherine Walker. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Lovely to be here. Oh, thanks for taking the time. Catherine is the lead in a new production that will be appearing soon on Via Play called Rig 45. That's right. Where she plays Andrea, who is, I guess, an investigator, a mother, a wife, and has drama going on in all different levels. You want to put it that way? Yeah, very accurate. Uh, I was lucky enough to see the first two episodes of Rig 45. I'm very drawn in. Mm-hmm. There's drama going on all over the place. Yeah. But before we get there to talk about Rig 45, sure. as we like to do, we'd like to get a little closer to you and hear a little bit about your backstory yeah. and uh, how you came onto the scene. I mean, I looked at your history and you've done some interesting work. Yes. And I see that it started at the Royal Shakespeare Company. It did, actually, yes. Um, I'm from Dublin in Ireland. Um, I, I trained in Ireland um, in the Gage School of Acting there. 
And like everybody really at that time, you know, I came out whatever, what, 23 years ago now. Um, everybody in Ireland in that time, we were all leaving, you know, uh-huh. we were all going to the States or to to the UK. You know, the um, economy wasn't in a great way and there wasn't the opportunities. So I was kind of, I was always dying to get to London, dying to get out of Ireland. And I did a small bit of work before when I came out of drama school in Ireland and then I went to the UK. And what kind of work was that? Just to slow down, is it theatre, yeah. is it television? My it... first, yeah, I began, I actually, my first gig was on a John Schlesinger film, would you believe, a small role. So I got to work with him and meet him, which was which was extraordinary. And um, I played um, Cordelia and King Lear. That was my first theatre role. Nice. Uh, can I ask, how do you come into the roles? You you're, you studied at the Gaiety. Mm. You have some kind of profile because you've been on stage in some of these performances. Mm. Are people finding you or are you out chasing these jobs? How does it happen in, in that yeah. early stage? It's well, a- as I said, you know, at that time there was so little working on it. And I was just very, very lucky to secure an agent in my year uh, when I was graduating. So I had an agent, a very good agent in Dublin. When you say very little work, I mean, isn't there a great theatre tradition in There Dublin? is, but, uh, you know, at that time there wasn't, you know, a, a, a lot of work anywhere in the country for anybody, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I was just very fortunate. Um, got signed to a very good agent and I did that film with John Schlesinger. I did... King Lear and then I really wanted to go to London and I got a job in the Tricycle Theatre in London which is is an Irish theatre predominantly and I went over with an Irish production there um, from one of our writers John B. Keane a play called Sive and um, when I had finished that I just got very very lucky I remember wanting to meet with places like the National Theatre the Royal Shakespeare Company but they were quite closed doors I would imagine that there's not much room at these institutions Yeah it was it was hard and and I remember my agent ringing me one day and going I don't know how it's happened but you have you have an audition with the Royal Shakespeare Company I love those kind of agents I don't know how it happened I know <laughs> but it was and it was literally I found out later it was literally my CV my agent was trying to get a general meeting, of which they were saying no. They had said no to a general meeting. But my CV landed on the casting director's desk when they were looking for a young Irish actress to play in um, a Brian Friel adaption of A Month in the Country. Okay, so timing. It was timing. There was a bit of luck in that. Definitely, it was one of those things. It was serendipitous. And... um, so I went and I met with the Royal Shakespeare Company and I got that part and I also got a part in Troilus and Cressida and I went and I did my first season with them. I spent a year with them and it was a phenomenal place. I actually <laughs> I actually cried arriving to Stratford for the first time and seeing the Swan Theatre. Um, it was a dream come true for me. It was an extraordinary place and it's you're basically in a theatre town. Everything is about the theatre and uh, the people I got to work with their works. I feel I always feel and say that that's where I trained, really. That's where I did my apprenticeship your, was in Stratford. 10,000 hours ish. Exactly. Exactly. And you work with, you know, I got to work with some of like I worked with Cicely Berry, who was one of the greatest ever voice coaches. And, you know, you get the, all of this um, wonderful um, support 
so I did that year with them and then um, by can, the... can I ask is it is it just working on the productions or is there extra work going on yes there? So... I was an understudy so I went on as an understudy I understudied I was playing Cassandra in Troilus so my main role was in the Brian Friel mm. a beautiful role in that but I was also doing a smaller role in Troilus and Cressida and understudying Cressida and I did go on I did go on I did get that afternoon call that the actress was off and I went on and I played Cressida for a week so when you go through things like that that's like going through fire you know Um, and uh, that was extraordinary but they then cast me at the end of that year again and I went back and I did another 14 months and they I was I got I played then um, Kate in Henry V and uh, the Queen in Richard II. Um, and that was very important in my career as well because that changed. I went in as an Irish actress and when they cast me then I was cast French and I was cast English. So that was really um, formative for me because often you can, it, because I'm not seen as an Irish actress in the UK now because that happened at such a young age. And when we get to Rig 45, we'll talk about that as well. Are you an Irish character there? Hey. I, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think she's somebody who's moved around quite a lot. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that royal, you know, the Royal Shakespeare Company, that echoes with everybody mm. out here. And so you did two, over two years yeah. with them yeah. getting your chops done. That's interesting that it transitioned you so much yeah. from, from one lane to sort of, a, okay, now I can do... Yes. Sort of what you need of me as an actress. That must feel great. Did you realize that was happening? Did you have a moment where you said, oh my? I think I did. I think I did. I, I knew the importance. Of, it was everything that I ever wanted to do. I mean, my I, I had really wanted theatre was at the, at, the, at the heart of what I wanted to do. And, and you come out of drama school and I never believed I'd work, let alone be in the Royal Shakespeare Company within whatever two years of, of graduating. Um, so I knew, I knew, I, I fell in love with the place and I, I, I relished and treasured every moment there. Um, and I, and I, I knew how important it was. I knew how much I was learning and absorbing, how much I had to learn. You know, I was very, very green as well, very kind of innocent coming out of drama school. So, you know, I kind of matured there. I grew up there. Both professionally and personally, I would Absolutely. imagine, at that stage. You say something interesting there that, you know, okay, you how you came out of the gate and quickly made it to the Royal Shakespeare Company. And you would imagine that the Royal Shakespeare Company would be sort of a trampoline to your next move. But I read somewhere that no, it took almost a year before it did. you found work. It did. I think that was the beginning of where they're, you know, and, and hopefully that's changing again now. But for a time, there became a real split with if you were a theatrical actor or you were a film and television actor. And and there used to be a time, you know, if if you were in the Royal Shakespeare Company at the kind of the, the time of the greats like Judy Dench and Ian McKellen, Derek Jacobi, all of these actors, where they would automatically be working in the BBC. Mm-hmm. or But things were changing in television and film. And there was a kind of fear of, I suppose, styles were shifting. And there was always this fear that you would be too theatrical and... Um, which isn't the case, you know, but I did. I struggled. I came out of the Royal Shakespeare Company and, and, and I did. I struggled. That I remember having, I had a year on employment. Were, were they not doing period pieces and things like that at the BBC at that time? Yeah, I mean, well, they were. But I think that, I also think that I hadn't developed um, my ability to go in and, and and work the business, which you have to do a little bit more. You have to go, you know, I think I was so kind of entrenched in the art. <laughs> I didn't understand, um, 
you know, the personality that I had to be to go in and and uh, and and meet people to get the TV roles. So yeah, the, the dichotomy. We, this comes up often among actors that I speak with. The idea that doing the work and chasing the work are just two mm. different, you know, professions almost. Yeah. You know, that's why you have an agent to do this kind absolutely. of thing for you. Yeah, uh, and Ab- I, absolutely. And I guess they're not talking too much about those areas at the Royal Shakespeare Company. They're focusing no. on the art. No, and I kind of. It took me a while to understand, you know, acting for me, when when I would finish a role, I would feel like, you know, acting, I suppose, like many actors, was a way of dealing with my shyness. So developing the muscle, which is going in and projecting somebody very confident, which a lot of the time is what they need to see in order to, you know, they don't really, they didn't really want to see somebody who was shy or not terribly self-confident and the irony is that you play the parts that that's you you do that to conceal that you do that to step into um another being you know so i had to learn that i had to learn how the business worked and 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 learn to work a different way so to turn it on in a different way in those kind of networking moments yes so you learned that over the course of a year and ended up where what what broke for you what happened then? Well, actually, I had, I remember I was with a UK agent that ended. That was kind of, you know, um, in a way, it was a kind of a devastating thing. I was with a very, very large UK agent at that point who were really pushing for the television and film and that wasn't happening for me. And so uh, they broke ties with me. And I remember being, it was terribly devastating because I thought, well, maybe this is it. Maybe I've had my, maybe I can't, maybe I'm not built for this job. Maybe I'm not built for this profession. But actually looking back, it was one of the most empowering things that happened because I actually went back to the tricycle theatre where I had first started and I got a job myself. I got a job, um, I rang them without an agent and I did a a George Bernard Shaw play and um and i then began to look for agents and that's where i met the agent who i still have today who is phenomenal so so you got a sort of it's not it's not me it's them feeling as a result of this experience yeah and i just i got the agent i was supposed to have and and what's great is my agent is the person she balances that with me i don't need to be the that pushing person she does that she understands me and how I work and I'll always stay with her and we have a fantastic relationship and she is wonderful and she gave me the confidence to move first forward. of all are you supposed to say that on an open mic what if things break down I absolutely know they won't I love her I love her so much no, but it's, and, it sounds like that's the way it should be that that's the natural role for an agent to sort of fill that void that that you know you don't want to bother with I would imagine totally. if you're a creative person yes she she does the hard sell I don't have to do that I don't know how to do that so she she does that and and I think she really understood me where they that other agent were trying to push me into places. She understood that I needed the balance of of my theatre work um, and that the more I was... Le- she understood, actually, that I was empowered if I was in work. Okay. So, you know, um, to n- I, I wasn't comfortable and still am not comfortable with doing the sitting around, waiting for, keeping fingers crossed and hoping for the big, gigantic job. I would prefer to be acting off the back of a cart and, the, and going up for those big jobs. And all, but I need but always to be, having that. Yeah, needing, yeah. needing, you know. So I think that shifted and then I began to do, obviously began to do television and, uh, and film 
Um, you have to remember as well at that time there wasn't there wasn't a great television industry in Ireland, so I wasn't able. Where that's all completely changed now. So the RTE basically dominated the same scenario yeah. as we had here in the Scandinavian. Yeah, and Scandinavian. there wasn't much being made. So for Irish actors, it was it was difficult in 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 that way. But then I began to do television and film and 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 learn that. I mean, that's an you know I believe such a part of our job is an, is being an apprentice, and you have you have to learn the skills. So I um, slowly but surely began began to learn that. Um, continued with my theatre work, but began to work in film and television. But I I've, have to say again, another reoccurring theme here that you reached out yourself to go back to the tricycle. That mm. you know, you have to sometimes you have to pick up the phone or reach out or write the letter or knock on the door. Yeah. You know, to get the work. That's important. You do. And it's a, you know, as I said, in that time, I had wondered, I was, I was 25 and I thought, well, maybe it's the end. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I know, but you sit down and you go, no, this is what I do. And this is what I love. And this is my vocation. And, and I have to follow that. And, you know, you do get the hard knocks and st- lots of, st- I mean, unbelievable stuff has happened in, you know, with, with uh, at times with the work where you really have to develop um, resilience and that that's such a part of it. And I needed to, ve- to develop that way Is as that a person. Because of the content, the, the, the material that you're working with or the people that you're working with? What are, you, what are you inferring there? Well, I just meant that like, you know, I've had kind of, I remember doing a film with um, being cast in a, an incredible film. I think it was in my late 20s with... Um, uh, a director, a Swiss director called Daniel Schmid, who was kind of the you know, foremost um, director in Switzerland. And this was an incredible opportunity. And he got ill and passed away oh. halfway through filming. You know, and so stuff has happened, you know, where you've got these or, you know, getting a series that everybody says is going to be the next big series. And it isn't it isn't or it or the unexpected thing is or, you know, you learn to um, you can't preempt how anything's going to be. Um, so, you know, you develop, you develop resilience. Um, but as I said, I, you know, I'm very lucky that I have, I've been able to continually artistically express myself, you know, um, and that would have been other than that period, thankfully I'm touching wood and Mm -hmm. everything. There hasn't been that extended period. And, and then I've just found over the last couple of years, I also think things are shifting for women. Um, I also think when I was out of drama school, you were either, you know, for women, the roles were stopping at 30 at that point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. Where now we're much more, I'm in my 40s and I'm 43 and things, I've been working more in film and television since my mid 30s. It's a long time coming. Yeah. That we need, it's needed also. It is. And I think people are much more interested now in seeing a storyline of a woman in her 40s. We don't want to be just looking at, at a 22-year-old. Right, it, right, it limits up, It limits what we can do. There's, exactly. there's some great performers who are young. There's some great of stories course. to tell around youth. but There's that, only so many only. stories, though, mm-hmm. you know, and so that has been a change in the business. And, and thankfully, that has been really helpful for me in my career. And I've been busier, in, as I said, in my, in my, in my late 30s and early 40s it's, than I've ever been. It seems like right now you're very busy. Season three of Versailles. Yes. Rig 45. You're filming something called Finding Joy, according yes, to Yes, yes. So that, that must feel fantastic. Yeah, the last two years particularly have been, have been very busy. And, and because the parts are so, I kind of feel that I was never really an ingenue. 
So, you know, I have I've always, you know, I feel that it's the most comfortable time. I think I've been waiting to be to play those type of women. I've always been attracted to those type of women and, and the women with with a little bit more maturity and a more complexity. I don't think I was ever particularly comfortable as just the young, romantic pretty female lead I don't think it's I think I'm too dark <laughs> I think okay. the characters that are, you know so um, I think um, I need that kind of that light and shade the shadow area of characters can we talk about dark for a minute yes <laughs> a dark song a dark song yes that's a film is that one of your first feature films or no early? no I'd done a couple um, before but that was very much that was um, I suppose in a way that because it was just a two-hander film um, I suppose it was my, would it have been the first where I'm, you know, completely leading the film and it's her story. Um, yes, I made that a couple of years ago and that was quite an intense piece. I can imagine that. Mm. I haven't seen the whole thing. I've just seen some antics for it, but it looks very intense and it a was. very interesting take on a horror story from yes. what I can see. Yes, it was. Um, uh, it was. And it, 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 I never approached it as a, it never felt to me like a horror film. You know, it, we never, it was very much a drama to me. Mm. You know, there, it wasn't, um, I don't even know the phraseology, what do they call it, like the scare jumps or something? What do they say about, you know, it wasn't that kind of film. It was It was much more psychological. And did, is that what appealed to you? I mean, are yes. you into... Uh horror as a as a genre no not no? i wouldn't know a lot about no i think i would get i would scare very easily okay. <laughs> uh, actually interestingly even though i play these very dark characters um yes no it felt to me like it was an exploration of grief really okay trying to reconnect with her dead with son, her son that, a yeah. woman who's lost her son and and feels responsible for it because of something that she's done the day her son died and um and it's looking at the very dark place, which is children killing children, Oof. you know. So and 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 she wasn't there. Uh, she was she was she was in the she was having an affair. She wasn't there the day her son died to collect her son. So she is she's carrying a lot of of, of the guilt. A, that's a heavy storyline, mm. and as you say, yeah. must have been very intense to shoot. It that. was intense, and she was. I had to, f I had to stay. It was also very, as most things are now, but a, a, a very tight schedule. So I would find that for that, um, I had to just stay within that grief all the time. Okay. You know, you can't just let it go and come back no, and put it back on. No, no, and that isn't the case mm -hmm. with it. Isn't I? I don't have a strict method. So that wouldn't be the case with everything. Some things are better if you, but, but, but it just so happened with her because I was, it was her all the time yeah. that I had to stay. And then the director, we would just have gradations of that, you know? So if you're looking for that kind of exploration of grief, dial up a dark song a dark and find song. Catherine. Uh, also slightly troubled character in Patrick's Day. Patrick's Day. Yes. Yes. Uh, you're uh, what, a stewardess who... A stewardess who's, yeah, who alcoholic. Who meets Patrick. Yes, yes. Um, who falls in love with a young man who's schizophrenic. And it's exploring, I suppose, our prejudice around mental health and love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, your right to love and your right to have... Um, and the mother's love and how she's going to play that as well. So yes, a couple of yes, dimensions. yes. That was that yeah. was very interesting. I say I would it say. was a very yeah. interesting, a very interesting film. Since yeah. we don't have too much time, mm. I would love to sit and talk about that. But you were also in something completely different, like a rom com, Leap Year. 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so that, as I would imagine, it's easy to sort of put the character away when you walk off set there and take it back on when you come the next day? Yes. I mean, I didn't have an extensive amount now to do on, 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 on Leap Year, but that was, um, yeah, it was, it was easier. It was easier. Um, uh, and, and fun. It was fun. Great fun to do. Another one I would recommend for people to check out if, as opposed to the uh, darkness of a dark song, if you want some laughs, yes. you might find Leap Year. Yes, it's a very old-fashioned ca- comedy. Yeah, yeah. very old-fashioned yeah, comedy. Yeah. Classic, um, on my pursuit of love, but love finds me along the way kind of thing. It's, exactly. It's very sweet, very yeah. sweet. So you've got your TV chops as well. You've been in the clinic, uh, yeah. Holby City, and as I mentioned, Versailles. Yeah. And now you're fronting Rig 45. Yes. And very interesting in many ways. Uh, as we said, you're playing the lead character, Andrea, is it? Yes, that's right. Who is the investigator uh, working on behalf of the oil company mm-hmm. sent out uh, just ahead of Christmas mm-hmm. to go investigate an accident, mm-hmm. what may be an accident, mm-hmm. on an oil rig. Yes. And then uh, things unfold from there. And there's a little sort of We've had this sort of idea of, you know, the closed setting of the murder, you mm. know, where we might, you know, maybe it's The Shining where you're all yes. up and has that kind of a vibe. Absolutely. But, but I've never that's a great comparison. Yeah. I've, never seen a, I've never seen a setting like this out on an oil rig. Mm. Are you guys doing CGI or are you actually out there on a rig? We weren't on an oil rig, but we did um, film in a power plant. So okay. a lot, it was so, I had to deal with a bit of my vertigo, a very, very large, quite dangerous power plant. So you're up on, you have the heights that you would have on the oil rig. Um, and so that was good. So we had those elements of what it feels like to be in that really steel, grey, dangerous, sharp edged environment, you know. So we very much were able to get a feel for what it would feel like to be actually on the rig. It's interesting if that you managed to not even be on the rig and the rig feels central. I mean, it feels mm. somehow the director loves the rig and the shots. Yeah, the rig is a heartbeat, shots. I yeah. think. I really do. I feel it does. You know, you're in these, you know, so you go from that, as I said, that steely, grey, hard, metallic uh, world that's open to the elements into these very small cavernous claustrophobic green gray dark places yeah yeah what what do you go when you go to the decks that are not lit exactly (laughs) exactly yeah so so your agent found this for you how do you end up in rig 45 to begin with well i was when rig 45 first came in i was in paris shooting versailles um was when i first it and i suppose i mean i'm presuming I, i i don't know how it came about but i'm presuming because that because we actually did film it in ireland so maybe that's how i came into the mix or came you know um um how they found me or how I was presented to them. So so things have changed since your time coming out of the Gaiety Theatre. There is production going on in Ireland there is. now. It's a... Yes, now it's completely changed. Oh, yes, they know it's 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 thriving now. Uh, filming is thriving in Ireland. Yeah, it's a know. location for so many exactly. things, big and small. Yeah, and it's, re- it's, it's hugely developed, you know, with uh, brilliant uh, crews and brilliant writers and... Um, so, yeah, it's a very attractive place for a lot of people to come and film. But it's not only Irish performers on Rig 45. No. It's a real who's who representing yes, all of Europe, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, that was one of the most exciting things for me and um, was this incredible ensemble of actors. And um, the and, min- 
I, I guess somehow that would reflect real life on an oil rig. That's sort of something exactly. that draws a certain type of person that's not geographically restricted in any way. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you don't necessarily, I think a lot of people are running away, <laughs> you know, and leaving darkness behind or thinking that they do. Um, you know, there are a lot of different individual stories that would have, you know, go into the mix of who ends up on a, on, on the rig. Which you know? is fertile, fertile ground for the story to Absolutely. unfold. As I said, I've, I've been lucky enough to see the first two episodes yeah. and every time sort of a new element emerges, I think, okay. And then, Ooh, there's more drama attached. Another layer yeah. of drama attached added to that person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, the good guys, the bad guys, I'm not sure. Yeah. someone who I think is the bad guy suddenly does something with good intentions yeah. and it's all... It's a... Well, I think that's the brilliance of it and I will say, and it's not a, sm- a spoiler, but um, I will say that it takes turns that you will not expect. I, I, ke- I kept leaning in it, hoping. And... Yeah, it you will not. I mean, that was a brilliant thing about reading it. You get very used to receiving scripts and, because you know, you, you, rece- you read so many that you can almost predict how it's going to go. I guarantee you nobody can predict where this is going and no. I think that's what's brilliant. I th- it keeps pulling the rug from under you and it will take turns that, are quite shocking and uh, and unexpected, and I think that's that's the brilliance of it. Actually. So I assume we will unfurl the criminal drama element. Mm-hmm. How about the personal drama elements going on for Andrea? Will they be solved as well? Um, hard to say. I can't really say that. Okay. I can't really. Di- I can't really divulge that. I, I think that. Uh, I think that she plays with fire. And there are consequences because of that. Okay. Yeah. Enough said then. Yeah. So that sh- that should pique your interest if you're <laughs> listening out there. Rig 45 uh, starting now on Via Play. Catherine Walker, you're starring opposite um, Gary Lewis. Yes. How was that experience? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. He, uh, a- an incredible actor who I've admired for so long and... Um, it was absolutely wonderful working with him, as it was with 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 all of the actors. It's it's lovely to work with a you know I think there's nothing better than a drama where you have a small ensemble locked in a room. <laughs> you know I think that's the best. It's sort of drama takes you back to theater in a way. I would exactly. imagine that, so I can see how that might be your exactly. sweet spot. Yeah, no, it was really brilliant, and and there was a different kind of style of it was it was so wonderful working with all the Scandinavian actors because you work slightly differently than um than than I have in the past, which is you know when you come from Ireland and it's very much that the uh, you know the, the 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 writer is king and the script is king and there was much we did a lot of improvisation, and Scandinavian actors improvise a lot and I found that incredible it was wonderful, um and Pear the director who's fantastic obviously we we you you're always working within the confine of the script but then there was also this great freedom of let's see what happens. You know, and there was great risks taken, and that was a very exhilarating way to work. And um, I very, very much enjoyed that. And I think that's why you get this wonderful. I mean, I really think that, you know, Scandinavian drama has been at the forefront of drama in the world, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. And um, certainly, Scandi Noir has, yeah. has found its place. Do you think there's an emerging niche uh, for Irish productions? Um, I think there could be. I think that we should be looking to you. I mean, I've thought it for a long time and and that has been discussed in Ireland a long time because, you know, I think that we should be looking to to Scandinavian drama as a great model because, you know, we have all of the resources within Ireland to do it all ourselves. 
you know we have the great writers we have the great landscape we have, have the, the stories you have, we the, have stories. the stories we have the darkness we have the you know um so i i hopefully hopefully you know um and i think there was a great you know we filmed a lot of it in ireland and i um, i i think not to speak for anybody else, but I think that Pear and the director felt a great affinity with us understanding the material, you know. Um, I think that that marriage worked really, really well. Um, and, you know, just so admire the work that's going on, and particularly for um, for female characters. I think you write great female characters. I think we see great, complex women coming through Scandinavian drama. Uh, how did you prepare for the role? Well, we had a little bit of time together, which was good. Um, and I just kind so, of... So let's hang on. They bring you together to kind of live in a hotel? Or no. you're just meeting by day That would to do be fantastic if or, we could. Yeah. But, the, but those, the resources never mean that that's possible. But we did, have, we did have a day or two, which, you know, trust me, in this day and age is a luxury. You, do, you don't often mm. get that at all and you meet on the set. And for me, um, in how I always work, it was about investigate you know she does things that are very very different to me she's she's very tenacious and she puts herself in a very in very dangerous situations and so for me it was an investigation of trying to work out her psyche you know um why does somebody go down a dark corridor when they can hear something you know it's a very particular type of person right. it's very easy to go no somebody wouldn't do that but people do it all the time is it based on courage is it based on sort of this clinical desire to solve this problem I, or? yeah i think she's very single-minded yeah. so she becomes very single-minded but i also think i think there's a i think that there's an on, there's something unsettled within her I think she's not comfortable necessarily in her role as a mother. Um, and, you know, I think there's a, a slight attraction to the danger or there could be an element where there's a there's a workaholic element. So so she can't if there's a scab there, she can't help but continually pick at it, mm. you know, so I just think tenacious is always the word that she's much more tenacious than me she's much you know so it is it, it's 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 courage but it's dangerous courage as well well when i left andrea she was trapped on an oil rig mm. with uh six or seven or perhaps eight other people we're not exactly sure exactly and times are going bad yeah they are they <laughs> storm are. is coming in you guys are trapped and you're gonna have to figure this out on your own i can't wait to see it how it unfolds yeah Catherine Walker, thank you so much for thank taking you. the time to join us. Thank it was a you, pleasure my... to meet you. Oh, it was such a pleasure yeah. to meet you. I'm very grateful. Thank yeah. you. And uh, looking forward to seeing how Rig 45 unfolds. Everybody, it'll be appearing on Via Play from June, so something for you to enjoy this summer. I would recommend that you find Rig 45. It's got great echoes of Alien or The Shining. It's well worth your time. Now, thanks again to Catherine for stopping by and joining us on Stream Close Up. As always, we'd like to thank the good people at I Like Radio for giving this podcast a home. And once again, our producer and musical director is the great Jose Fernandez Alameda. Take us out, Jose.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.